Coming up on the next Moody and 40, ever wonder what it would be like to go back 20 years and what you might do? Well, I have some thoughts on that and more on the next Moody and 40. So for today's show, we want to talk a little bit about what would what it would be like to go back. You know, what if what if you could go back 20 years? I'm gonna, for the sake of this exercise, go back to 18, for which for me it would be 24 years. But you know, what do you go, what do you do if you go back? A lot of people they want to say, oh, if I could only go back and do this again or that again. Uh, I guess I'm no different. I try not to regret different things that I've done, but it's life. You know, you make decisions, you stick to it. Sometimes it turns out good. Sometimes it turns out not so good. But at the very least, you know, I, I think we owe it to people that are coming up that are younger than us to tell them, you know, hey, this worked for me. Maybe it won't work for you, but it's it's the wisdom or advice I want to pass on to you. So I think the purpose of today's show is, you know, more so for younger people that are listening to this. I mean, hopefully older people could learn something from it too. People my age, people older than me, uh, you know, maybe you're doing these things yourself. Maybe you're passing it on to another family member or friend, or you're mentoring someone, but it's the, these are things that I, that I have found important and, you know, hopefully maybe you will too. So, you know, I go back to 18. I, I don't think I was a bad kid. I, you know, I think I was I was a good kid that fell into some bad habits and tendencies. And because of that, you know, it affected my teenage years. Uh, I'm certainly a different person than I was 24 years ago. There's a lot of things that are similar. I mean, at my core, it's still me, but a lot of the things that I've learned and things that I've grown interested in and things that I've become not interested in have affected, you know, my belief system, my values, who I am at this point. So, you know, as I look at me at 18, there was a lot of dysfunction and chaos. Uh, my my family life, my parents had gone through a divorce a few years before. Uh, tried not to show a lot of what went on with that, but I think you grow up. Anybody who's been a child of parents that have gotten divorced, I think you grow up a little faster than maybe you would have liked to have, and it creates resentment, and that leads to acting out. You know, so I'm not going to fill this with things that. I did when I was younger that I regret, but you know, just looking at it now, wishing I had done a few things differently, you know, you feel lost and you're not really sure where to turn. So, you know, I the first thing that I would that I would say looking back 20 years ago, if you're 18 years old and listening to this right now, whether you come from a family that is incredibly well knit and set up for success, or maybe you know, you're you kind of feel like I did years ago, a little bit lost and not really sure where to go. The number one thing that I wish I had was a mentor. Uh, a mentor, you know, I wasn't looking for that person because I felt like I had it all figured out. Uh, and I think a lot of kids at that age do. Hey, I know what I'm going to do. I have this, I have that. You kind of live week to week and, you know, where's the party on Friday? What am I doing for dinner on Tuesday? Uh, it's a weekly mindset, you know, and, and you feel like you're going to be young forever, I think, at that point. You don't, you don't get out of your head and think, oh, what am I going to be doing at 40 or this or that? It's just a, it's an immature mindset, but it's what you've been gearing up towards until that time. You know, you, you couldn't, you can't really 
mentally or physically go back and say, Oh, I should have done this differently. But you know, like I think like most 18 year old kids, I felt like I had it figured out and that was a big mistake. You know, at that point I could have really used a mentor and the closest I came was a coach that I had in 2003, you know, that motivated me to get into coaching, but that would have been, you know, essential and not somebody that, you know, is a, a mom or a dad or older sibling or aunt, uncle. I mean, somebody that, you know, could kind of talk to you a little bit differently, almost like a, an athletic coach that you've had, but somebody that you feel like you could get closer to personally. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a boss that you had at your first job or, you know, a professor that you really got along with in the beginning of college or, you know, just somebody that you hit it off with. Uh, that is something that I think is essential. It's somebody that in that point in your life, you know, is there for you moving forward. And that relationship is probably going to grow and grow and grow over time. And that person can help, you know, keep you on the straight and narrow as to what you're trying to do. Because as somebody younger, you, you bound to, you're bound to make bad decisions and do things you probably shouldn't have and whatever. And we're all going to do that, even if you have a mentor or not, but it's something there. And the other thing I'll add to that is even if you're listening to this and you're not 18, 19 or 20, I think as time goes on, and a lot of people don't know the differences between the three, but if you're able to have a mentor, a coach, and a therapist, you've kind of hit the trilogy of, of mental well-being. And what I mean by that is, you know, we talk about a mentor earlier on in your life. When I think mentor, I think future, you know, laying out your path for the future. How is it going to work? How is it going to look? Uh, bouncing ideas off of them. But everything is future driven to set you up for success. A coach, a true coach that's been trained and understands coaching is really going to focus on the present. They're going to get in to your day-to-day -day decisions or should I do this? Should I do that? Maybe there's a problem. Uh, maybe you're down on a Monday, but you're up on a Tuesday, but they're looking at the present. How can I help you navigate through the present time? We're not looking at the past. We're not looking at the future. We're looking at the present. And finally, the third piece being a therapist. You know, a lot of people would fire back at me and, and have, I don't need a therapist. There's nothing wrong with me. There doesn't have to be anything wrong with you. But I think anybody who's lived any sort of life, you know, into their late 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond, they bury issues. Um, they have skeletons in the closet. They, they have things that they carry around like a burden. And I can't even begin to tell you the amount of people that I've talked to over time that end up bringing up therapy and how it has changed their life because they've got someone to listen to what's gone on in their past and worked through that. And they've found a way to work past it. So think therapy for past, coaching for present, mentoring for future. Uh, I think if you can get all three of those things in alignment, you're feeling pretty good about yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. Step two, invest. You know, it, a lot of people would say, oh, you know, maybe it's spirituality, maybe it's understanding who you are, all very important things. But I think in terms of just understanding an 18, 19, 20-year-old mindset, and things tend to be a little bit more linear from point A to point B, you want to look at investing. What do I do? First thing, find a financial advisor. It doesn't have to be anybody fancy. It, Go to any Google financial advisor, call a few, send some emails, tell them your situation. I think most would be thrilled that somebody of your age was calling them to learn to start a foundational 
you know, piece of investing. And especially they'd probably have you for a client for your life or for the duration of their uh, time doing financial advising. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. Don't take any of this advice as financial advice, but some of the things that they might work with you on, open a Roth IRA, open a traditional IRA. You can usually put up to $6,000 a year in each one of those. If you think of over 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you start that at 18 to 20 compared to 40 to 50, which a lot of people do, you know, look it up online. You'll see you know, the differences in the returns on those investments, depending on when you start them. So hugely important. If your employer has a 401k, contribute, you know, get in there and at least put in the minimum of what the employer matches. If they match up to 6%, go up to 6%. But whatever that is, get that in there and let that money start working for you. Uh, invest in life insurance. When you look at any situation, the last person that's probably going to want life insurance is an 18, 19, or 20-year-old kid. But if you think about the ramifications of if something were to happen to you, and I talked about this in my last podcast, I am not the type of person that wants someone else to have to worry about me after I'm gone. You know, And even if you're only 20 years old, you never know what could happen. I mean, take a small term life policy. You can always increase it later, but you know, get a $50,000 policy. You know, at least that covers any expenses after you're gone, you know, to take care of anything that happens. And then as time goes on, you know, you're going to want a bigger policy when you get married and you have a family. And even if you don't do those things, it's just nice to know that you have people covered once something happens to you. Uh, and I, I think it's one of those warm, fuzzy things and it's cheap. I mean, you're not going to spend more than 10 to $40 a month depending on how much money you actually need in that policy. So I think that's really important. Step three, set a base with a high level. Uh, what I mean by this is I think about, I got a college degree in professional aeronautics. And basically that was to be an airline pilot, military pilot, some type of pilot in the professional ranks. Then I find out I have a, an eye issue, essentially you know, a good ways through that schooling and I'm not going to be able to do any of that. So with a very niche degree, you really limit yourself into other avenues that you could explore. Uh, for me, I always have to go back, oh, well, how come you're not a pilot? And then I have to tell that story. And you can imagine, I don't really want to tell that story over and over because it's something I really wanted to do. And it's painful to have to rehash it every single time somebody asks, oh, well, how come you don't fly for the, the military? Or how come you don't fly for the airlines? You know, so... Uh, what I mean by this is, you know, think about a business degree, an engineering degree, pre-med, pre-law, teaching, something like that. Whereas if you get one of those degrees, it's going to give you multiple avenues if you decide you don't like a certain area. If you're in sales and you say, I really don't want to do sales anymore, but you have a business degree, you could still go into the administrative management side. You could do marketing. You could do finance. There's so many different things you could do with a business degree. Same with engineering. If you have a strong love of math and science, chances are if you major in some facet of engineering, you could pretty easily become an electrical engineer rather than a mechanical engineer or an industrial engineer or a chemical engineer. I mean, at least you have that engineering base. You could go get a master's or you know, probably just catch up with some other courses to get you to that point. 
Um, so, so really think on that high level. Don't try to pigeonhole yourself into a degree that if you decide you don't want to fly airplanes or you don't want to study children's literature or do art history or you know something really specific, it's going to be painful down the road because you're going to end up explaining, oh, why did you do this or that? Um, the other big thing that comes with that for me, and it's something that I'm passionate about, don't get pigeonholed into thinking that you only have to do college. You know, there's so many different things that you could do outside of college. And, you know, I'm, I'm a parent of two kids. I'd like to see them go to college, but already my daughter, who's three years old, loves to do everything with food. She has a play kitchen. She has play food. When we cook, she likes to stand there and stir whatever's in the bowl. She likes to pretend she's, you know, flipping over pancakes or whatever. She has already, I could tell, a strong interest in food. If she came to me and said, I want to be a chef, you know, I don't really know why I'd want her to go to a four-year college for that, if that's really what she wanted to do. Um, and so that that's something, I guess, a little bit different. But at least if you dig into that trade, if you go to culinary school and then you're out in restaurants and you're learning your craft that way, you know, get out there and do that. Look at the amount of open jobs that are out there in plumbing, carpentry, construction, uh, air conditioning, uh, you could, you could just keep going because it's been just drilled into everybody that you need to go out and get a college degree. It's admirable to get a college degree. It's admirable to go out and work in a trade or something else you feel passionate about too. So I think you just really have to expose yourself to as many of those things as you can get a feel for what you like and make a plan that that's what you want to do and maybe have a few other avenues uh, that you might like to go towards if that isn't what you want to do. But really set that base at a high level so it gives you those opportunities You know, if something doesn't work out. Step four, travel. Travel everywhere. Uh, I was in the military and I think it's a little bit unfair to think, oh, well, if you go in the military, you get to travel. You know, The military will pitch that to you. Air Force, Marines, Army, Navy, they'll all pitch it. But you're not really going to pick and choose where you want to go. Uh, some of those branches, you know, is Iraq or Afghanistan or Eastern Africa, a place that you really always wanted to travel. I mean, it's a good experience, something you'll never forget. But if you have an interest in something in Italy, go to Italy, go all through Europe, find other like-minded people that you can go travel with at that age and go do it. Same with Asia, same with parts of Africa, same with South America. Uh, I had a coaching client once. All she ever wanted to do was dance the tango in Argentina. She thought that was like, because I would ask her all these questions about what really drives you and what do you think about and what are you passionate about? And that came out. And I, I said to her, I said, why don't you go do it? And she did it. And it was amazing. And she loved it. you know. And so something like that, get out there and have those experiences and see what they trigger within you at such a young age. It could lead you in a whole different direction. So travel. Uh, looking beyond that, go play an instrument. You know, when I, when I was in fourth grade, we got to pick an instrument to play and I chose the trombone because I always like to be a little bit different and it was fun. You know, fourth and fifth grade, I love doing that. And then for whatever reason, as time went by, I never played again. And so I would love at this point in my life to be able to play the piano or play guitar or play something that I could have alone time with and and get some creative outlet with, but they also bring people together. You know, if your kids could see you playing an instrument, you're probably going to motivate them or inspire them to do something. 
Uh, so I think the instrument thing is big and getting, you know, something, no matter who you are as a person, I think there's an instrument that appeals to everybody, you know? So, so think about that, especially when you're younger and try to stick with it. Uh, the other thing that's similar to, to an instrument, I was always geared towards team sports. You know, I, I like to play in football, basketball, baseball, but as you get older, those sports become harder for a variety of reasons. For one, the, ch the chance of injury creeps up and you might not be able to play it without injuring yourself. Uh, it's hard to get teams of people together to play that, especially the older that you get. Uh, and then finally, you know, it just becomes, is this something that's sustainable? Like you don't see many 80 year olds out there playing pickup football, but I see quite a few where I live in Florida out playing golf all the time. You know, I see them out playing tennis. I see them out walking or running. Um, so really anything that has that individual angle to it that you could always be getting better at. And even as physically you start to deteriorate when you get older, something that can keep you mentally sharp. You know, I I've watched, uh, people play golf that you go out there as a younger guy and you think, Oh, I'm going to crush the ball. And then, you know, I'm going to do this and that. And they get out there, they might only hit it 150 yards off the tee, but they hit a perfect iron, they hit a perfect approach shot, and they work on their putting for years. And they par, and you're still, you know, you, you've got an eight on the scorecard when it was a par four hole. You know, so things like that, even though you're maybe not physically as strong, you're getting better at. And if you start young, you know, imagine how good you'd be when you're older. Uh, the last one, and I think this one is really important too, and it's crazy because we spend so much time when we're younger being told about it, but it's something I, I know I did. I kind of rolled my eyes at it and just wanted to get through it is learning another language. You know, you travel anywhere else in the world, you know, people tend to know two, three, four, even five languages here in the United States, we know English. And then in middle school and high school, you know, they try to teach you Spanish or French, you know, you see a lot of other languages popping up now, but let's just say Spanish you know, if I had really embraced Spanish from seventh grade on, uh, I would love that now. I'd, it would be another skill. I'd use it all the time. But instead, I did as little as I could to get by. And I know basic phrases now. And to go back and do any of these things as an adult in your 40s, you know, compared to doing it at a younger age, like 18, 19, is tremendously hard. You just don't have the time that you had before uh, to focus on these things. So I could have probably come up, I, I made a list before I did this uh, episode today of about 25 things. Uh, and there's a, you know, from that, there's a lot more I could go into on this, but, you know, I think for whatever reason, you know, I would gravitate towards these seven, you know, if you can find that mentor, find that person that you trust, invest, you know, and it doesn't have to be you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars a month. It could just be what you can afford, but it's consistency and staying with it and then seeing those returns and that compound interest go to work for you uh, over the over the course of your adult life. You know, setting that base at a high level, whether it's with college, a trade, whatever you're thinking for a career, sticking with that, but doing something that gives you options. Think high level. You know, don't get so specific. Some people will go the other way with this. I don't agree with it. I think if you're going to pigeonhole yourself into something specific and something happens, and maybe this is an emotional response to me not being able to be a pilot, and I'm sure a lot of it is, 
but I know plenty of other people that have been stuck in this position. And it was like, well, what do I do now? You know, so have something that affords you multiple avenues, whether it's a college degree, a trade, whatever that may be, you know, to help push you down that road. Travel, travel anywhere. I think whether you're 18, 28, 58, 88, you know, this is an important one. We've been in a nasty rut with COVID, not being able to travel places. But some of the best experiences of my life have come traveling and some of the most things that I've learned have come from traveling. So that's extremely important. Um, get into an instrument. If you haven't already, try to stick with it. Uh, a lot of times, one instrument, you can learn many instruments and they all translate over. Do that. Get into an individual sport that you like and really stick with it for exercise, for stress relief, for peace of mind, for camaraderie. It'll be huge. And learn that language. You know, Get into it. Understand it. Associate with people that maybe you normally wouldn't. Surprise people when you can speak back to them in their native language and they don't think that you could do it. You know, a lot, all of these things really tie back to experience and quality of life. Next week, I want to do something similar to this, but instead of saying what I would have done 20 years ago, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to do right now. And I think that could be exciting, you know, for a lot of people on here because a lot of you are probably saying, well, hey, I just listened to this and that's if I had gone back 20 years, but what can I do right now? Uh, and that's what I plan to talk about next week. Have a great weekend. Until then, uh, thanks for tuning in.